Marcus catalog. It's, it's sort of the gold standard for uh, department stores. Uh, you would, there are three special gifts that they are highlighting this year. One gift is a custom linen trousseau uh, for your home. It would be for your bedrooms, your bathrooms, your dinner table, all for only $55,000. Uh, secondly, if you want the ultimate Mardi Gras experience, not just Mardi Gras, but the ultimate experience uh, for you and for six couples, that's only $125,000. Uh, but the, the, the special gift this year, and, and I quote, it's a quest for fragrance utopia uh, that begins with two first-class tickets to Paris, where you'll meet a sixth-generation master perfumer uh, by the name of Olivier, who will create, like kings and queens before you, uh, the ultimate custom scent. While in the City of Light, you you and a guest will dine with Olivier, enjoy five-star accommodations, white-glove car service, private tours, and other experiences befitting the royal amazing you. A few short months later, a fragrance elite will arrive at your doorstep in 24 14-carat gold-gilded 6-liter flacons and 12 14-carat gold-accented leather atomizers featuring your bespoke scent all for the deal of only $475,000. But uh, if you're thinking about it, you'd better hurry. Uh, there, there's only one available. Contrast uh, these excessive gifts uh, with practical gifts, uh, such as those gifts we could give through Gospel for Asia or Samaritan's Purse, Samaritan's Purse, encourages people to fill shoe boxes that are sent to children around the world, shoe boxes filled with basic clothing, toiletries, uh, books, a few toys, or through Gospel for Asia, you could give a mosquito net, a basic biosand water filter, a, a pair of pigs, a bicycle for a missionary, and even if you were to combine all those gifts, it would be less than $300. But there's one more gift like for us to be thinking about, and that is indeed the gift of gifts, uh, the gift uh, of God's own Son, our only Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's that gift described there in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. I would invite you to... Turn in your Bibles or keep your Bibles open. It's uh, there on page 1014 of our Pew Bibles. First Peter 1.18, Knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or defect. You know, here is God's most precious gift, uh, the holy gift of his beloved Son, our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For God's most precious gift is indeed the holy gift of our redemption. 
in Christ. Well, why is redemption in Christ God's most holy gift, most precious gift? Well, three reasons. It's a gift to unworthy sinners like you, like me. Secondly, it's the gift of a precious Savior. And finally, it's a gift of gospel security. Redemption is God's gift to unworthy sinners. To put First Peter chapter 1, 18 and 19 in context, if you were to look at the beginning of First Peter, uh, verses 1 through 12, you would learn that this epistle begins with a, a celebration of hope. Hope because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's there in First uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a joyful hope because of the prophecies and promises of salvation in Christ. And the reason this letter was written to Christians was to uh, to give them that, that gospel hope, that salvation joy, even in the midst of great trial and persecution and sorrow and heartache. And then picking it up in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, Peter moves from gospel celebration to gospel consecration. Uh, This gospel that God has given to us in Christ ought to impact uh, our lives. It's a call, a biblical call to a grace-fueled holiness in in all of life. But the question here still lingering in in, uh, the reader's mind, and and the question I believe God's word answers for us, Uh, But the question is this, how can we as unworthy sinners draw near to a holy God and know the sure hope of redemption? Are are we saved by our good works? Are we saved by the amount of gifts that we give to others at Christmas? Or the amount we give to charity or even to church? Are we saved by what we can do? Or are we saved by what God has done for us in Christ? And here, verse 19 leaps out from the pages of God's word. We are saved by the precious blood of Christ. There's a real problem of sin in Peter's day and in our day as well. Peter writes about it, God's word tells us, knowing that you were ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. There in 1 Peter 1.18. Well, what's a feudal way of life? It's not a word we use too often. A feudal life is a life without eternal purpose. It's a life without gospel hope. Give you a, a few synonyms. It's a vain, empty, powerless, pointless, and unfruitful life. It's a life that vainly tries to find hope and significance through the spiritually empty religious traditions of men. 
That's the truth. The futile ways inherited from your forefathers. You're going through the motions of faith, but there there is no heart change. There, There is no personal relationship with Christ. And so truly you're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're without hope. You're without God. You go through the motions at church, but you really don't know Christ. You really don't love Christ. And the gospel is written to those who are struggling with sin. Now, God gives his promise, his provision of redemption there, knowing that you were ransomed or redeemed. Uh, from the feudal ways inherited from your forefathers. That's a rich biblical word, ransomed or redeemed. It, it, it speaks of our slavery to sin and the hope of salvation in Christ. Well, who needs to be ransomed? Who needs to be redeemed? You know, those who are prisoners of war, all those who are under the deadly dominion of sin, who are uh, deceived in, into thinking, well, if I... If I have enough toys, if I have enough treasures of this world, that, that's all that matters. And those who are living in spiritual bondage. You know, Israel had a taste of that. Um, if, you know, I've gone back to Exodus a few times, but reading Exodus chapter 6, verses 5 through 8, this is before... God delivered Israel from bondage in Egypt, from their slavery there. We read Exodus chapter 6, verse 5 and following. This is God himself, the Lord himself speaking. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians." I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You know, the Lord ransoms his people. You know, he he redeems his people. He sets us free from bondage to sin. As you continue reading in Exodus, won't take the time today, but you will see that God provided that Passover lamb. And the people were to take the blood of that sacrificial lamb, sprinkle it on the door frames of their homes, and when that angel saw the sign of the blood, that house was spared. Uh, They were delivered. They were freed. And they went forth into God's promised land. God did not redeem us with perishable things such as silver or gold. 
Why not silver and gold? Silver can tarnish. Gold can be stolen. You know, God did not redeem us with extravagant gifts from Neiman Marcus. You know, God didn't need an American Express gold card to, to redeem us. You know, God the Father lovingly sent God the Son to pay the price for our sins, not only in his birth, his humble, holy birth, but in his death for our sins upon the cross of Calvary. You know, redemption is God's gift to unworthy sinners. It's a good thing, you know, when God graciously convicts us of sin. To say, Lord, we don't deserve this gift. Neither because of our heritage, our money. It's God's free gift of the gospel. Think of it this way. You you know uh, that our our Christmas hymns and carols are... uh, are a great joy to our church. They are to our home, and that's why I'd invite you and encourage you to come tonight. We're going to do a lot of singing, all those Christmas carols that uh, usually we sing only once a year. But there's a, a Christmas hymn we don't sing too often. The title of it is, Of the Father's Love Begotten, written by Aurelius Clemens Prudentius of Spain all the way back in the 4th century. The tune is from the 12th century, a plain song. There were originally nine verses, only five in our Trinity hymnal, if you want to take a look at it, uh, hymn 162. But there's one verse. Let me read it for us. Oh, that birth forever blessed, when the virgin full of grace by the Holy Ghost conceiving bore the Savior of our race, and the babe, the world's Redeemer, first revealed his sacred face evermore and evermore. Uh, as we, as God graciously convicts us of sin, reminds us, lovingly reminds us that we are unworthy sinners, then we begin to see in a far richer, fuller way the the glories of his gracious love for us in Christ. So redemption is God's gift to unworthy sinners. But secondly, redemption is God's gift of a precious Savior. Verse 19 again of 1 Peter 1, But with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or defect. You know, why blood? As a gift. To read one Old Testament verse gives us insight. Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11. This is what God tells us about blood. The importance of blood. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by life. You know, that's why throughout the Old Testament they were continually offering sheep and goats and bulls and doves. Uh, 
It's a reminder that, that, that blood was being shed as atonement for their sins, but it was all to point ahead to Christ, who would be that final sacrifice for sins. Reminding us that in Christ we know the truth of Scripture that without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Christ shed his blood to forgive so that our sins would be forgiven. And here Scripture calls it precious blood. Uh, Full disclosure here, uh, one devotional book that Lynn and I use is Charles Spurgeon's Morning and Evening. It's, it's a great Christmas gift, and if you don't want to buy it, you can even find it online, get it sent to your uh, inbox every morning and evening. But he has a devotional on the morning of April 16th about this verse, about the precious blood of Christ. He calls it uh, the costly, preserving, sanctifying, uh, the overcoming power of Christ's blood, and using that as a, a launching point for truths real quickly here about Christ's blood as we consider his death for our sins, God's precious, holy gift of salvation. Christ's blood is costly blood. You know, we might think that that gift of perfume, $475,000, is a, is a costly gift. Well, that pales in comparison to Christ's costly blood. You know, and why is Christ's blood called precious or costly? Uh, because it, in God's economy, it required the precious blood of Christ to purchase our precious souls. Psalm 72 verse 14 puts it this way. From oppression and violence he redeems their life and precious is their blood in his sight. You know, our blood is precious to Christ. And so he shed his far more precious blood for us. It's costly blood. It's cleansing blood. Scripture tells us, though your sins be as scarlet, I shall make them as white as snow. You know, when when Christ cleanses us from our sins, and his blood does indeed cleanse us, it's with the assurance that we can now stand before Christ without stain, without spot, This is what Spurgeon writes. O precious blood which makes us clean, removing the stains of abundant iniquity and permitting us to stand accepted in the beloved, notwithstanding the many ways in that in which we have rebelled against God. The verse of scripture that would go with that is Titus 2 verse 14. Speaking again of Christ who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify or to cleanse for himself a people for his own possession 
who are zealous for good works. So Christ's blood is costly. It's, it's cleansing blood. Christ's blood is, is conquering blood. Revelation 12 verse 11 tells us they overcame through the blood of the Lamb. That's how we overcome sin. That's how Christ overcame sin. And Christ still conquers sin on our behalf through his costly, cleansing, conquering blood. But most importantly, this is Christ's blood. Now, Christ shed his own blood to save us. God's gift of redemption for sinners was a, a personal, a precious, a loving gift for sinners. Indeed, we could call it a holy gift because it's a holy gift from a holy Savior for our holy salvation. For scripture tells us that without holiness, no one shall see God. But thanks be to God that in Christ, when God looks at us now, he doesn't see our sin. He sees the righteousness of Christ. We read today in that uh, that rich prayer, that Puritan prayer, gift of gifts, this line about Christ. As a man to die my death, to shed satisfying blood on my behalf, to work out a perfect righteousness for me. You know, Christ is the one who shed his precious blood for our soul. And so we can rightly call him a, a precious Savior. Scripture tells us that he is like that of a lamb without blemish or defect. That, that's been our theme. Taken from John 1.29, where John the Baptist saw Christ coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, that's what we rejoice in at Christmas, that Jesus is indeed that Lamb of God, without blemish, without defect, faultless, flawless. John MacArthur writes this about Christ the Lamb. He, Christ, is the most precious Lamb because he is the most perfect Lamb. And therefore, his blood is the most precious blood. Well, what's the impact upon us? You know, this is not just theology that is being proclaimed here, gospel truth. There's a comfort here for us. And knowing that God has given us that that gift of a precious Savior. You know, this gospel assurance that Jesus, the Lamb of God, shed his blood, his costly, his cleansing, his conquering blood for the sins of his children gives us comfort. You know, not, not just for those few short hours of Christmas Day, but for all eternity. Christ's gracious gift of Jesus provides us with peace as well. Now, there there are grave problems facing our country and our world today. Serious problems. 
economic problems, education problems, racial concerns. It would be easy to have one of two reactions, you know, to despair, you know, to, to throw up our hands. Well, maybe when we get a new set of government officials, then the problem will be solved. Or to dig a bunker, you know, to, to say, Let, let's just hide ourselves in our homes, protect ourselves. But I believe here's God's word gives us the third option, the right option. And really, it's not an option, it's a command. We're, we're not to despair, we're not to dig into a bunker, we are to declare the gospel. You know, that, that's our only hope in these days. For tomorrow and until Christ comes again, that, that Jesus Christ is that precious Savior who shed his precious blood like that of a lamb without blemish or defect. You know, there's the gospel here. What's the gospel? The, the gospel is simply this. I borrow this gladly from, from James Boyce. You know, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Christ is that Savior. You know, a Savior who was born not only as a babe in Bethlehem in a humble manger to Mary, earthly father Joseph, surrounded by shepherds and sheep. You know, but, but the gospel... The gospel knowing, yes, we're unworthy sinners. And God has graciously, lovingly sent his son to shed his own blood, to cleanse us, to conquer sin. One of the verses from Hark the Herald Angel Sings reads as follows, Mild, humble, he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to give them second birth, born to raise the sons of earth. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. You know, that, that is the gift that God has given to us that gift of salvation, the gift of a Savior in the Lord Jesus Christ. God's most precious gift is that holy gift of our redemption in Christ. In a moment, we'll be celebrating the Lord's Supper together as a body of believers in Christ. You know, what what better time to take communion than on the Sunday before Christmas. Yes, we do rejoice in Christ's birth, but we rejoice in Christ's gracious gift of salvation, that he shed his precious blood to redeem us from our sins. There is no greater gift. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, 
who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you that you have mercy upon us in Christ, that you pour out your gracious love to us in Christ, and you seal us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, you remind us that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ, for we're adopted into your family, and we have that secure hope of salvation, not because of anything we have done, but because of your great gift of grace and love in Christ. And may that give us cause for rejoicing not only on this Sunday, not only on Christmas Day, but on every day, Father, until Christ comes again or you call us home. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.